0: Well, let me tell you a classic true story at New Year. Every year from 1983 to 1991, Australia hosted an 875-kilometre ultramarathon race from Sydney to Melbourne. It was regarded as one of the toughest races in the world, and the race itself took five to seven days to complete. So as you can imagine, it was normally attended by world-class athletes, right? Uh, has anyone attended an 875-kilometre run recently? No, and probably for the best, let me say. <laughs> but in 1983, a 61-year-old farmer named Cliff Young showed up at the race in overalls, work boots, and with his dentures out because he claimed they rattled in his head when he ran. <laughs> Not typically a world-class athlete, right? <laughs> The press and the other athletes told him, you're crazy, there's no way you can finish the race. (laughs) To which he replied, I love this, yes I can. See, I grew up on a farm where we couldn't afford horses or tractors and the whole time I was growing up, whenever the storms rolled in, I'd have to go out and round up the sheep. We had 2,000 sheep on 2,000 acres. Sometimes I'd run those sheep for two or three days. It took a long time, but I will always catch him. I believe I can run this race. Too right. <laughs> and like Forrest Gump, run he did. <laughs> well, sort of run. It was more of a shuffle, if for those of us who have a memory that long can remember. Of course, this kept the crowds and the television audience even more amused. But it took less than 24 hours for people to realise old Cliffy was no joke as he hit the lead... And getting by on only a few hours of sleep each night, he began to forge further ahead. Now, speaking of Cliff, the race director, John Tolman, said this. He wanted to win. And when he got to the front, he ran like a scared rabbit. (laughs) He didn't want to stop. Everyone was going, this old bloke's just going to blow up. He was just miles and miles in front. And he didn't want to stop. And stop, he didn't. (laughs) Cliff ended up winning the race... In five days, 14 hours and 35 minutes, shattering the previous race record by more than two days. He's 60, he was 61 years old. So don't say you can't do it, let me tell you. And so Cliff Young was etched into Australian history as a running champion and as Aussie legend. <laughs> now, you may not be an ultra-marathon runner today. I'm certainly not either. (laughs) And after Christmas, most of us probably need to lose a few pounds. (laughs) But such a race of endurance points us towards some very important spiritual truths this morning. What in the world are these truths? Well, in this world, we are all runners in a spiritual race, aren't we? A race that requires us to throw off sin that so easily entangles or slows us down. A race that requires commitment and perseverance, just like Cliff Young. A race that requires us to keep our eyes fixed on our prize. For Cliff, it was the the finish line. For us, it's Jesus, whose example and the one who gives us strength to carry on when the Christian race gets tough and we feel like giving up. So this morning, we're going to learn how we can run our race of faith well for the rest of our lives, not just for five days and so many hours and minutes. And to do that, we're going to talk about this. We're going to discover how to run our race of faith well by, firstly, throwing off sin. Throwing off sin. Now, God's Word word tells us plainly to do this, to throw off our sin, saying this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses or great number of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Now, from the start, it's important to understand here the author is carrying on his argument from chapter 11, and that is all these great witnesses of faith, these people of faith from the Old Testament, like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Rahab, all these people, these believers are a witness to us of God's faithfulness toward his people. These believers are an encouragement to us as people who finished the race and were commended for their faith. Uh, And the author's arguing they lived out their faith despite great challenges, and we can too. So their faith and God's faithfulness to them is an encouragement to us to keep running the race despite the challenges. Now, what has their endurance and faith got to do with throwing off our sin? What has that got to do with anything? Well, it's quite simple. If we want our faith to endure, we must throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. The NLT puts it this way. Since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. So right away we're told two things that could stand in the way of our Christian progress. Weight that will restrict our activity and slow us down, and sin that can trip us up or ensnare us or even stop our run. Now this begs the important question today. What's weighing you down in your spiritual life? Because we can quite easily carry over 2018 into 2019, can't we? In fact, we can carry our baggage from perhaps the time we were almost born all the way through our lives. There's so many things we carry, isn't there? We carry a family of origin baggage, we carry our own simple mistakes baggage, we carry other people's baggage. Sometimes I think, how do we make it to the airport with all this baggage? We have a lot of baggage. So what's weighing you down in your spiritual life? What's hindering you in your Christian race? Let me tell you, you can't run the race with all that baggage. It's an unhealthy relationship, perhaps, that you need to change. Maybe it's an obsession with success or sport or money or or laziness or other things that are holding you back. You know, we often know what's holding us back. Now, if any of these things are weighing you down in your spiritual life, You need to deal with them before you can move forward. Isn't that obvious? You need to throw them off so you don't hinder or even disqualify yourself from the eternal prize. It's just not worth it. We must deal with them. We must throw off these weights. In a sense, in 2019, I encourage you and I to start a spiritual Jenny Craig campaign. To throw off that weight, my friends. Now, as we've already said, the second thing that can clearly trip us up, even end our Christian race, if not dealt with, is sin. We must throw off sin in our life, especially because it clings so closely and it entangles us, doesn't it? It does entangle us. Which similarly begs the question, what sin do you need to deal with in your life? What sin do you need to deal with in your life? It might be lust, and for goodness sake, you can drive to church from my house and there will be posters on uh, bus stop, you know, uh, what do you call the places where you wait for a bus, and there are posters there that are not G-rated. It is just everywhere, isn't it? Lust and illicit sex is just, in, it's just, it's, it's our, our society is entrenched in it. Is it lust you struggle with? Is it hatred or maybe you struggle with anger? Maybe you'd say, "Ah, if I'm honest, I have a bit of an anger management problem. (laughs) Maybe it's quarrelling or hostility. Maybe you like to be right all the time, (laughs) even when you're wrong. You know, people like that, they'll argue their point because they just want to prove it, even if they're horribly, oh, they drive me mad. (laughs) Just (laughs) listen to yourself. And then I get mad and then it's just not good. (laughs) Hostility is another one. (laughs) Might be dishonesty. Might be sexual sin, which we talked about. Might be disobedience. Might be filthy language. Might be jealousy or selfishness. I was thinking today, as I was coming here today, I was listening to another sermon by Charles Stanley and I was thinking, gee, I can be selfish sometimes. It might be drunkenness. It might be pride. I'm all that. Or envy. I want that. Or idolatry or divisiveness. (laughs) Look, whatever it is, Galatians 5 warns us that those who continue to live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So we're told to throw off such sin before it can potentially end our race of faith. So how do we get rid of sin? Well, ask God for His help is a good start, isn't it? God, cry out to Him. Be honest. Say, Maybe you've struggled with it your whole life. Cry out to Him and say, God, I can't do it, but You can. Help me. Bring people into my life to help me overcome this. Uh, help me come to Your Word to overcome this. Help me to do what I need to do. Ask Him, what else? Well, strengthen yourself by reading God's Word and relying on the Holy Spirit to help you to stand against sin and live a successful godly life. Talk to someone you can trust about your struggles. Find someone or even a group to be accountable to. No man or woman is an island. And the Christian uh, community, uh, what are we told as Christians? We're a body of Christ. Sometimes we can learn to be dependent on ourselves because we've had to learn to do so. But the Scriptures teach us we don't have to be alone. We're not alone. Not only do we have Christ, but we have one another to strengthen each other. You might even do a helpful Christian course or speak to a pastor or counselor that can help you. We've run courses here like um, uh, Celebrate Recovery. My friends, put boundaries in your life saying no to sin and yes to God. Don't put yourselves in temptation's way either. So think in advance about how you can avoid temptations. If you're a drunk, you don't go to the pub for lunch, do you? Think in advance what you can do to avoid temptation. If lust is your struggle, then turn off the TV late at night. Avoid SBS late at night. Get a program to restrict what you see on the internet. Be accountable to someone. Do whatever you need to do to overcome sin. And remember this wonderful word of encouragement. Hebrews says this, one of my favorites. Listen to this. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Friends, we can rely on the Lord Jesus to give us mercy and help when we're tempted to sin. We are not alone. He understands because he went through temptation himself, but he didn't sin. So he can help and strengthen you to overcome sin because he knows how to overcome it. In fact, as regularly as we're tempted, the Scriptures tell us how to come to Him confidently in prayer, seeking mercy for past failure so we don't have to wallow in self-pity, and coming to Him for help in our current time of need. And He will help us to overcome sin. It may not happen overnight, but it will happen. Praise God. Isn't that wonderful? Some of us can feel defeated this morning. We can feel like, but I've been trying so long and so hard, man. If we start applying some of these principles I'm talking about today, God can help us to overcome. And you may need to get professional help, whether that's a pastor, a Christian psychologist, or, or whether it's Celebrate Recovery, or whatever it might be. Don't do it alone. So if you want a New Year's resolution worth making this year, let me suggest one to you. Get help and throw off your sin. That's a resolution worth making, isn't it? Get help and throw off sin. Now, having a look at trusting Jesus for his help in throwing off our sin, the next point flows on naturally, and that is in your Christian race, you need to be running with perseverance, keeping your eyes on Jesus. Running with perseverance, keeping your eyes on Jesus. In fact, if you focus on the problem, you're always going to struggle. But when you turn your attention away from the struggle to Jesus, that's when we start finding victory, isn't it? So let's talk about that. Let me tell you another story. The year was 490 BC. Anyone remember that year? Good year, my friend. The Greeks had defeated the Persians at the Marathon Battle, and Pheidippides had the task to bring the good news to the city of Athens. So he ran about 35 kilometers from Marathon to Athens, and it most likely would have been sweltering heat. There was no such thing as Nikes. And when he arrived... Pheidippides just had the strength to say, we won, and then he fell down dead. (laughs) Race to end all races. Now, despite himself running to death, (laughs) he managed to finish the race and delivered the message of great victory. And it was his legend that inspired the modern-day marathon. (laughs) But it's not just a cool story. The story of Pheidippides models perseverance and single-minded focus on reaching the goal even when it's tough. (laughs) Hebrews twelve two to 3 speaks about this in our race, calling us to run with perseverance, fixing our eyes on Jesus. We read this in our passage. Have a listen. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary, will not grow weary, and lose heart. As believers, we're expected to run with perseverance or endurance in our race of faith. The race of faith is not a sprint, is it? It's a marathon, and Jesus is our model and our helper because He Himself endured the cross. He endured opposition from sinful people, even endured many heartaches throughout his life and ministry for a greater and eternal reward that this world cannot give. Jesus finished the race, and in so doing, he achieved everlasting life for us and for us who believe in him. Now, as our model and aid, we must think of all the hostility Jesus endured from sinful people. Because as Jesus' disciples, to follow in his footsteps means we will experience opposition. We will experience pain, suffering, and rejection. The Christian life is not a guarantee of everything being rosy, but that we have a Lord who travels with us in the pain. For those who don't know Jesus, it's just pain. (laughs) Pointless pain. But for us as Christians, in the pain and suffering... Jesus is with us and there is meaning to it. So running with perseverance is a necessity in our Christian lives. And we can only persevere by looking to Christ alone for his encouragement and help, fixing our eyes on Jesus. It's just like a runner in a race or a cyclist in a race. When I ride or when I used to race, if I keep my focus on the goal, then I will, I will... I will focus on my tactics, I'll seek to achieve my goal of winning. But if I, summer rides are so beautiful, if I go, look at that lovely seaside, and those are beautiful trees, and oh, look at the bird. (coughs) Ah! Ouch, Sly doesn't protect. When we're distracted by other things, how can we possibly ride a race, run a race? As Christians, if we're so distracted by everything else in the world without keeping eyes fixed on Jesus, how do we expect to run successfully? We must fix our eyes on Jesus. Now, of course, as Christians, there are many blessings that far outweigh the burdens, aren't there? Like heaven that awaits us, forgiveness of our sins, friendship with God, a God who hears and answers our prayers, and so much more than that. And these wonderful truths can encourage us to persevere in our faith. But the fact remains, as Jesus' disciples, there will be challenges. So how do we deal with them is a really important question. How do we deal with them? Well, as we've said, we keep, our, our, uh, keep or fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Let's talk about this. See, the original word here, to look or fix our eyes, refers to someone who, though aware of rival attractions around them and other things to look at, they deliberately look away from these things and focus their attention on the one thing, Jesus. Isn't that interesting? That's the word saying, what the Word's saying here. So to as runners in the marathon of faith, we must keep our, keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, not only at the start of the race, but throughout the whole struggle, knowing that Christ is near and is in sight, and He will keep us running. And the fact that Jesus is the author and perfecter, of our faith, or put another way, another way that pioneer and finisher of our faith can be a great encouragement to us in our race, because Jesus is the pioneer who initiated our faith. Jesus is the one who started faith in you. Did you know that? It wasn't that you had a bright idea one day. Jesus put it in your heart. He gave you the faith. He initiated it. Do you think he's going to start something and not finish it? Does Jesus strike you as one of those people that kind of starts something well and is like, oh, I'm so bored with this. Let's do something new. No. He initiated. He will finish it. He is the finisher and perfecter of your faith because when Jesus endured the cross and sat down at the right hand of God, he achieved faith's ultimate goal, our full salvation. So Jesus is faith perfecter because he achieved salvation for us, and he's face Finisher, because it seems to carry the sense here that he'll bring our faith and salvation to completion. He will help you to finish the race of faith. Do you think Jesus will leave you or forsake you? Never. We do at times leave him, but he never, ever abandons us. So don't give up, because he who began a good work in you will certainly bring it to triumphant completion. So, in 2019... Keep running with perseverance, keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus, knowing that he fully saves you and will carry you through to the end. So we don't do 2019 alone. So our New Year's resolutions are not pointless and just painful. (laughs) Rather, they have every reason to succeed. Now, finally, then, in verse 3, we're reminded to think of all the hostility that Jesus endured from sinful people, then you won't become weary and give up. So whether you're treated unfairly or mocked or forgotten or falsely accused or overlooked or disregarded, even assaulted for your faith, whatever hardships you face as a Christian in 2019, Jesus understands because he went through even more to the point of death, but he didn't give up. Jesus' Jesus' endurance puts our problems into perspective and helps us to persevere, don't they? When we think of our problems in light of what Christ went through, whipped, flogged, nailed to a cross, disregarded, etc., etc., you start thinking, oh, okay, maybe it puts my problems into perspective. So this year, we can persevere and not give up. We remember that he who started the work of faith in you and has saved you will bring it to completion. We remember that our heavenly reward is great and surpasses all the heartaches of this world. Remember Jesus' model and endurance and encourage us to keep going in our faith when things get tough. We remember to throw off sin that hinders us so we might run in such a way as to win the prize for which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. So don't give up. Let me say this. Jesus has got your back. That's good, isn't it? Finish the race. And let me say, you don't have to wear Lycra to do it. You just need to put your faith in Jesus. Isn't that good? (laughs) All right, praise the Lord. Let's pray, hey, let's pray.